Matt. Jacob. Am I to understand that you have never seen Monkey Bone? I have not. (laughs) What is stopping you, my friend? This is a film where there is a claymation monkey who plays the physical embodiment of Brendan Fraser's boner. And Brendan Fraser goes into a coma and his boner escapes through his body to poison the world with nightmare juice (laughs) so that nightmare movie theaters in the coma-verse have lots of good movies for people to watch. In order to stop his boner in his self from boning his fiance, Brendan Fraser jumps into the body of Chris Kattan, who is a deceased gymnast whose organs keep flying out, And Bob Odenkirk is chasing underneath of him because he's caught on a hot air balloon because Bob Odenkirk is the organ donor surgeon who's trying to save these organs. You know what? You sold me. That's great. Uh, I hope that I've sold all you listeners too. And you know who doesn't need to be sold on Brendan Fraser or Monkey Bone or Bob Odenkirk organ transplants? Who's that? That's superyaki.com. Oh, I'm familiar with their work. They are good friends. And you know what? Starting in March, they are celebrating Fraser February. Yes, we know it's March. <laughs> They're going to have a whole new lineup of Brendan Fraser merch, including multiple monkey bone shirts, because <laughs> superyaki.com makes shirts exclusively for Jacob DeNoble and then hopes that everyone else enjoys them too. Uh, I mean, I'm wearing a uh, Super Yaki shirt right now. Which one are you wearing? I am wearing uh, the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack as my emo dad. <laughs> uh, with the entire track list uh, down the back. They, it's one of my favorite shirts. They have got just the best stuff. I feel, I feel vindicated just wearing it. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, so SuperYaki.com is your home for all things pop culture. They got shirts, stickers, mugs, aprons, Stanley Pins. Tucci Negronis. If you can dream it, it's Yaki. And for you, our friends, our listeners, our lovely little boys and girls and everybody. We like you. We love you. And we want you to be able to celebrate your love of Brendan Fraser as much as we can. So if you use the code SUPERMONSTER, you're going to get 10% off of your order from superyaki.com. And that's SUPERMONSTER, all one word. And um, be sure to pay attention to superyaki.com. That's Y-A-K-I. Uh, Friday, March 5th at 12 p.m. Central Time. That's when the Fraser shirts are going to drop. And you had better be there because they are going to go fast. They're going to go real fast. Everybody loves Brendan Fraser. And if you don't, I don't trust you. It's super yucky. <laughs> if you don't love Brendan Fraser, you had better delete this podcast from your goddamn <laughs> phone. Good evening, 
welcome back to Monsters Never Die, Talk Film Society's spooky podcast where Jacob and I discuss classic monsters, human or otherwise, as well as their sequels, remakes, and ripoffs. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Curione, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and with me as always is... Jacob Zanoble, and Matt, I'm just really delighted by how high you hit that spooky note. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is this is a great night. Uh welcome to Fright Night everybody. Welcome to Fright Night, my friends and listeners. How are you, Jacob? I'm doing fantastic. I know I say this every episode, but it feels like it's been a year since I've talked to you. <laughs> we 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 talk literally every month, my good friend. I know, but we should talk like with voices more often. Well, yeah, you've been on the, uh, I, I know you've been on the old Instagram doing some live videos for Talk Film The Society. Matt Show. The Matt, is that what it's called? I'm calling it The Matt Show, starring me. I'm Matt. <laughs> it's The Matt Show, and I got a lot of great guests. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it's a mystery a, that, science that, theater 3000, the movie reference. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. any of my friends out there. I, I, I used to rent that so often. Uh, oh, I still have my flipper disc DVD. My uh, my favorite joke is uh, when the uh, air- the airplane flips over and turns green, and it's damn, <laughs> I spilled my big gulp. <laughs> oh god! I quote that movie way too much. I I have not seen it. I think since I rented it from the library as a child. Uh, when I sign things out at work, uh, when we get deliveries, I always out loud while I'm signing say Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> So, um, so how are you? This is fun. Yeah, this is we're talking. This is great. We're talking some vampires that we haven't talked about before. Uh, we're talking about a, a, a series of fun movies that, uh, if not for some unfortunate events, easily could have been a franchise, uh, a la uh, Freddy or Jason back mm-hmm. in the early '90s, and we were robbed of that. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, Matt, we are going to be talking about the first horror movie I ever saw. Oh, that's awesome. Long-time listeners may be keeping track of all of the stories I tell about the <laughs> um, daycare center that I went to that probably should that got shut down for neglect. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't remember if we rented it or if it was just on TV, but I still Jeez. have vivid memories of being... Under seven, so I, I'm going to guess probably <laughs> five. Um, but I I can still vividly picture where I was sitting watching the scene where Jerry's like henchman is a wolf and is running up the stairs and he gets stabbed and he turns back into a man. All of that was just burned into my young psyche. As a small child. As a small child. And I always associated that with this cover. For the longest time, I didn't know if I was just making up this memory, because <laughs> uh, I hadn't seen the movie in so many years. But as soon as I popped it in, as soon as that scene started, I was like, this is it. This is the scene that's been burned in me for... Your own personal Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't... <laughs> See, even... I, don't have any good, uh, I don't have any good daycare stories, because I, I didn't go to daycare. I might, have, I might have told this story on the air before, but I went to summer camp when I was a kid. And uh, when it rained, they would take you to the movies. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, I don't know if I've told this story before, Mm-mm. but one summer it was raining a lot. So I saw the Jetsons movie in theaters six times at least. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was the only movie that was like, you know, it's the Jetsons. It's a kid's movie. Take them to that. Matt, do you know the controversy behind the Jetsons movie? Uh, I don't, but I know it's finally coming to Blu-ray soon. Oh, that's exciting. 
I uh, think Kino Lorber is putting it out. <laughs> this is the uh, the hot Jetsons movie talk everyone listens to our horror podcast for. Of course. <laughs> From what uh, I remember, it's a good movie, but tell me about the controversy. So the controversy is that they got the entire cast of the TV show to do the voices of the Jetsons. You know, okay. they, they all, you know, just came back and, you know, did their thing. They but, found them at their various retirement homes and mm-hmm. were like, do voices. But... In order to bring more kids in, they decided they wanted a celebrity voice. So Ugh. Judy Jetson was replaced with pop star Tiffany. <laughs> and uh, they we're not alone now. Yeah, that <laughs> that upset all of the original cast members because the original Judy had recorded the entire movie, but then they dumped Jesus. her voice just for Tiffany. Good lord! But Judy's Poor the Tiffany. daughter, right? I believe so. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Meet George Jetson. Jane, his wife. Yeah, she's Jane, his wife. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't. I, I, you know, I, I watched a little bit of Jetsons, but uh, it's not. It's I've seen the movie six times. times. <laughs> six times at least, and I had it on VHS. Oh wow! Anyway, let's talk Fright Night. Yeah, let's talk Fright Night. Uh, so you saw this when you were like five years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't see this till about oh I don't know twelve thirteen years ago. Um, I had never seen it growing up. Uh, when I was a kid in the video store, I didn't like the cover of the VHS. That that face scared what? me. Oh yeah, no, it's a. So I just like avoided it entirely. It's like the uh, best poster. It's a great poster looking back on it, but when I, when I was younger, I was like, nah, I'm good. It's very this, scary. This, I was like, I was like, nah, I'm good. This kind of looks stupid. I'm not gonna watch it. Uh, Carlo introduced it to me, and I really liked it. It was really good. Uh, I didn't love it. Hmm. Uh, th- watching it for this show was only my second time seeing it, uh, and I love it now. Yeah, this movie. This is, movie's really good. This movie, I, it, despite being like an '80s horror classic, still feels vaguely underrated. Mm-hmm. I feel like we don't talk about Fright Night enough. We don't see enough Fright Night merch. We don't. Yeah, it's weird, right? Fright Night. Fright Night, I think, is one of those perfect gems of a movie where. The concept is so good. The concept like, is great. The, the concept story. Of Fright what, Night. what is the basic story of this? So the basic story of Fright Night is that um, we, ha- we have a boy, Charlie, and um, he looks out his window one day to see his new neighbor, Jerry Danvers. Is that correct? Dandridge. Dandridge. He looks yeah. out his window to see his neighbor, Jerry Dandridge. Jerry. Jerry. And uh, <laughs> he is... Sleeping with an attractive lady and... Could be a little more discreet with those murder windows, by the way. Yeah, it could be a lot more discreet with those murder windows. And uh, Charlie notices that his neighbor is a vampire. And in order to hunt him down, he enlists the aid of Peter Vincent, who is a late-night horror host and former horror star. And Peter Vincent has to kind of overcome his own lack of faith in himself. And together, they have to hunt down Jerry Dandridge in order to save Charlie's girlfriend, Amy. And also, basically, he yeah. has a guy named Evil Ed, who is his friend slash annoying You're asshole. You're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> who, uh, who unfortunately gets turned into a very tragic vampire himself. Yeah, we'll get to that, that scene later, but oof. But yeah, so uh, like this movie, it does a lot of really interesting things. It's got the kind of 
boy who cried wolf because charlie is such a horror fan that nobody mm-hmm. really believes him when he starts trying to tell people hey my best all right my neighbor is a vampire because- yeah and everyone's like yeah okay who's ever heard of a vampire named jerry <laughs> and then the movie is just like a really great for the time contemporary updating of the vampire mythos because yeah. if you're looking at the 80s vampires aren't really in the public eye in the way that they had been in the past. Yeah, not really. Not really. And this movie, through the Peter Vincent character, is doing a great throwback to the... um, Essentially a throwback to the Hammer horror style of vampires. It's doing a throwback to that kind, kind of storytelling, but it's telling it all with a modern, updated twist. And that blend is just like... Hmm, it's chocolate and peanut butter. It's it's two great tastes that taste great together. And the, the interplay between the like 60s style vampire and the 80s style like gore and stuff is just so fun and interesting and modern and hip. Can we talk about this great cast? Yes, please. Walk uh, me through let's the cast. talk about uh Chris Sarandon uh oh. from uh you know Princess Bride Child's Play. He's the detective in that. He plays uh Jerry Dandridge, mm-hmm. the the neighbor the neighborhood vampire. Uh, he's pretty hot here. Uh, <laughs> he is so sexy in this movie and he threatening. Is, uh, and shockingly sexy in this movie because I never really found him to be attractive other than in this movie. Jack Skellington himself. Yes, that's him. <laughs> uh, then we have, uh, William Ragsdale as, uh, Charlie Brewster. I really, I really like him. He's doing some good stuff. Uh, we have Amanda Bierce. Uh, A.K.A. Uh, Marcy from Married with Children. Yep. As the girlfriend. Uh, she is and then 27 course, in this. Can you believe that? Uh, no, because she doesn't look it at all. No, she genuinely be- feels like a high school student. Uh, yeah, she's terrific. I really like her. Uh, this was actually one of her, like, this and then Married with Children. And that's, that's like all she's done for acting, mm-hmm. really. Uh, she actually just, she directs now. She does a lot of TV and, mm. like, short films and stuff like that. So... Good for her. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, and then, of course, we have Roddy McDowell oh. as Peter Vincent. Uh, this, honestly, I mean, he had a very long and illustrious career. This might be what he's most known for. I would probably say Planet of the Apeses, but this I would put as a cool song. Well, using his own face. Yes. Uh, because in the original Planet of the Apes, he did play Cornelius, mm-hmm. and then he returned to play... Uh, uh, Andy Serkis's favorite character, Caesar. Yep. In uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, he, yeah, he plays Peter Vincent here. And he also played a robot named Vincent in Disney's The Black Hole. The, the little, the little guy. Yep. Who kind of looks like a, a floating Roomba. <laughs> uh, he's a lot of fun. Uh, he also, Batman fans might know him as playing two separate, uh, Batman villains. Uh, on the 60 TV show, he played Bookworm. Which is a, a fun villain. And then on the animated series in the 90s, uh, he played the Mad Hatter and absolutely knocked it out of the park. Uh, I can't read a comic book with, with that has the Mad Hatter in it without hearing Roddy McDowell's voice. He's so good. I, uh, he's terrific. He is fantastic. He's just terrific. And he's, he's playing a character that is named for Vincent Price and Peter Cushing. And yes, yes. He wisely does not try to do an impression of either of them 
No, he's he just uses he's Roddy McDowell. <laughs> I so apparently originally Tom Holland wanted to give the role to Vincent Price. Um, okay, Vincent Price. He was not in the best of health at this time, and no, no, no. He was not in the best of health, and I believe he might have been doing Great Mouse Detective at the time. And so part of me, I can't decide, because Roddy McDowell is amazing in this role. He's very good. He's very believable. His He is the heart of this movie, because y- yes. you follow kind of his arc. And I can't decide if this movie would be improved or hurt by casting someone who is more known as a horror face in that role. Yeah, because what you would get in like the kind of added meta textual fun of that, you might also lose in believability. You might lose. I mean, I think a younger Vincent Price could have done that. I think he could have easily walked that line between camp meta. It's me, Vincent Price, and also given us (laughs) a really real character. Look at me. But I honestly, I really like Roddy McDowell as a choice because he feels like he should have been a horror star and just never was. Yeah, he, he really should have. Uh, but I do love him here. I think he's terrific. Uh, Tom Holland directs and Ooh. he does a damn good job. Uh, he also, everyone knows, you know, he directed and, uh, and wrote the original, uh, Child's Play mm-hmm. a couple of years later. Uh, people might not know that he wrote Psycho 2. Yeah. And uh, knocked it out of the park with that one. Yeah. Uh, we'll do a Psycho episode one day, Jacob. Oh, right? my God. I mean, definitely. We have to. Maybe for Mother's Day this year. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh, that that's good. I like that. Yeah, that might be fun because uh, I can't wait to talk about Psycho 2. Psych- oh, God. Tom Holland is so underrated. He is. He, he truly, truly is. I- he's He's got a great eye. He knows exactly what he's doing. And uh, more often than not, he hits. I, I was about to say, I feel like he doesn't get brought up enough in, in terms of, like, great horror creators. No, he doesn't. And it's very, very strange. And, like, Don Mancini has really kind of taken reins on the Child's Play franchise. And he wrote yes. the original draft of the first one and then wrote the screenplays for all the sequels. But yeah. his original draft for the first Child's Play was very different than the movie that got made. And a lot of I the things it. that we associate with Child's Play... We're brought to the table by Tom Holland. He, by Tom Holland, yeah. And he's he's so good. He's done so much good work. Um, let And, you know, between Child's Play and Psycho, and hell, Fright Night, he is one of the few horror directors who has, like, successfully jumped to multiple franchises and done great work yeah. in multiple franchises. Yeah, people should discuss him more when they talk about, like, the great horror directors, creators... Uh, writers, even Tim, he's Steve Miner and Ronnie Yu in my eyes. Okay, yeah, I can totally agree with this. But um, this is going to be a weird episode, Jacob. I think we're going to be on the same page for a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that doesn't always happen. Uh, well, you know, when there's less movies to discuss, there's less chance to disagree, yeah, right? And we are, you know, I tend to just i I have an affection for the bottom of the barrel stuff sometimes. And uh, there's just not that much. uh, It's all wheat, no chafe. Yeah, this movie, this movie's good. Uh, It's got that, like you said, that that good balance. And it's it it feels modern. It feels classic. Uh, Throw in uh, a great nightclub sequence. That nightclub sequence is so. That nightclub sequence is great. Uh, I love the the little touches here and there. How they try to use the crucifix against Jerry, but. 
You don't have faith, so it's not going to work. And I, I love that we're introduced to the crucifix. That's a nice addition. That's so good. And we're introduced to, to the, the crucifix working against Evil Ed because he is a new yes. turn and he's a new vampire. Yes. So then yeah. when Peter Vincent tries it again and Jerry Daniels is just like, no. He's like, nah, we're good. Yeah. I'm just going to hold that thing in my hand and laugh at you. And it's <laughs> it's such a good setup for the payoff where Peter Vincent does have faith not only in what he's doing, but in faith in himself at the yep. end of the movie. And he uses it and it works. And that's so cool and awesome. The music in this movie is great. Um, it's sung by Brad Fidel, who uh, did Terminator and Terminator 2. Yep. And I don't know if you saw my tweet thread about this. Did you do you know what he's up to now? I do not, but I do know that he's uh his work on Terminator is one of my favorite scores. <laughs> yeah, so he hasn't scored a movie in, in I think 25 years. That's a shame. And instead designed and built his own surf resort in Mexico. Cool. And the thing is, he had no experience with construction. But just, like, <laughs> played around with some blueprints and designed this resort, according to him. Wow. I uh, I looked it up. The reviews are pretty good. So if you ever want to go surfing in Mexico, look up Brad Fidel's surf resort. It sounds like a pretty nice place, and the prices sure. are shockingly cheap. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the Terminator music is playing throughout the entire <laughs> dun, place. Dun. But yeah, no. The, dun, 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 dun. This movie does kind of what I love kind of like what gremlins does which is it does those like really big tonal almost genre shifts yeah so you open as kind of a more horror comedy suburban comedy this kid's neighbor's a vampire what oh yeah. and then around the time of the nightclub scene it transitions into this like 80s Act actual horror film synth <laughs> horror horny nightmare horror like it's it's very horny like during the nightclub it's like oh i'm actually watching the hunger aren't i yeah and it's and then the final act is just this wonderful blend of like 80s splatter effects with the It's so cool. The, the practical effects in this are great. They're so good. Uh, it has a fantastic body melt. Yeah. Uh, a great body melt that might even be topped by the body melt in the sequel. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I love this finale. Yeah. I love the, the showdown with Jerry. Uh, I... Evil Ed's, spoiler, Evil Ed's death is heartbreaking. Yes. Even though he's, like, such an annoying character. Evil, like, yeah. Watching it this time, I'm like, oh, I kind of feel really bad for him. Yeah, Evil Ed, he is such an interesting character. Um, he, He's played by Stephen Jeffries, and he is very much introduced as the annoying best friend. In he's an the annoying best friend. A lot of movies were supposed to like feel like an affection for that or just kind of hate him and want him to be gone. This movie does a great job of like, he is annoying, but then when he starts getting hunted by Jerry, it's yeah. very sad. And he, because Jerry yeah. reaches out, he's like, I know you're like lonely and I can give you the power to like. I know you're a loser. Yeah. <laughs> And then he really manages that that transition, and he's also threatening, and he's wild, and yeah. he's heartbreaking. And he's got those nasty vampire teeth. He, he's got a great look. Like, that guy Ooh. just looks like a vampire to begin with. Yeah, he does. He really does. Um, let's talk about, I, I want to talk about the, uh, the the kind of the classic vampire look that you mentioned, like, from the poster with the, those big mouths. Yeah. Oof. 
That's uh that's a big old mouth and it's scary. It's it's an interesting you know, you don't really see that in vampire stuff a lot, and it's really cool. And when it, I think um Amy wears it really well when she gets turned into a vampire. Creepy looking. Yeah. It's apparently she's also wearing a fake breastplate for that. Interesting. Um I she said Interesting. I was reading that she gets people to like sign her breastplate at um horror conventions and stuff <laughs> oh that's good but uh, i guess because you know she's wearing like a translucent outfit and they were just like all right yeah, yeah sure just wear some some fake breasts underneath um yeah this movie is just so this this climax throws everything at you you have transformations into bats you have transformations into wolves you have people melting you have people exploding everything you can do with vampires is done here it feels very much like an escalation of the classic, like, Hammer-style Van Helsing versus Dracula fight, but with yeah, all of the effects that you have in the 80s. They do everything in this finale, but it doesn't feel forced at all. Mm-hmm. It's like you're expecting it. You're like, well, yeah, this this makes sense for this story. Like, you should be throwing everything at the wall. And it freaking works. I love... Uh, the the battle in the basement yeah. in the finale when uh, they're just knocking out the the blacked out windows. The mat. That's really really cool. If I'm a vampire, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna bury my coffin underground. I'm gonna move <laughs> into a house that doesn't have basement windows. Yeah, like that's not that hard to find. I'm gonna have like a a room in the middle of the house that's nowhere near windows. But like. I've just I feel like there are so many basements that don't have windows. I think his henchman found the house for him. Yeah. And he's just like, I'll just paint over it. It's fine. Fine, boss. It's I got this. So um Great. Well here's here's a fun fact for you. Yeah. The uh the I like house, fun facts. Yeah. The the house that um old Jerry and can we just talk about how great the, the vampire's <laughs> name in this movie is Jerry? <laughs> Jerry, they, they they play with that in the remake a little bit, and I I, I like they that a lot. do, and I I always say it the way that Anton Yelchin says it. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> but uh, Jer- Jerry's big creepy house was originally built for the absent-minded professor. Interesting, because this whole movie was shot on the Disney lot, and uh, of course it was. Yeah, so um, next time you're watching the absent-minded professor, and uh, you see the evil guy who wants flubber. That's uh, that's his house. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to keep an eye out next time I watch that movie for the first time. <laughs> um, before we move on, I just, I do, I like one of the things I really like about this movie is that it is a very contemporary vampire movie. It is, you know, it's yes. very much set in the now, but it's not ashamed of the vampire mythos, and it no, not it at all loves playing with the can't be seen in mirrors, has to be invited in. And I love the scene where Jerry is first inside Charlie's house and he knows that Charlie knows he's a vampire and he is mm-hmm. just delighting and telling Charlie, oh, your mom invited me in. Isn't that nice of her? And like tricks her into saying like, oh, you're welcome in here anytime. That moment where Ruh-roh. she's like, oh, you have permanent permission to be in this house. Yes. It's so good <laughs> because it's like such a scary moment because, you know, it's just. It's oh man, it's so good. It's terrific. Yeah. Uh, um great great movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was a big hit. It was the second highest grossing horror movie of 1985 after Nightmare on Elm wow. Street Part 2. That makes sense. Um, 
It's very much about teen horniness, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Not a crime, Jacob. Not a crime. <laughs> it's thematically rich in that way because, you know, the the threat to the movie is a sensual, sexual older man and Charlie is... Uh, virgin who's not confident in himself and they're both trying to like figure out their own horniness levels and it's like horniness levels i i love that charlie's like at the age where he wants sex is interested in sex but when the time comes probably would prefer to watch jerry fuck that lady across the window than actually (laughs) fuck his girlfriend like you know, when you're 17 and you just like, you don't know how to do it yet. And you're like, okay, well, this is at least like a safe expression of this that I can have. Yeah. And that like frustrates Amy because she can like read that in it. That's, I don't know. That's just such a great moment that really kind of taps into those like teenage anxieties. And I love when like horror movies for teens actually like reflect their values. What teens do. Treat. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's great. And I like that Charlie's kind of a dip. <laughs> He's kind of a loser. Yeah. That's nice. But I like him. Me too. And I like this movie is fun, and it's funny without ever being a spoof. Like Exactly. It's very loving and affectionate towards the Hammer movies, but it never feels like it's playing up. Oh, this is mm-hmm. like, this is an update of the Hammer stuff. It's very much just like in an interesting conversation with them. Exactly. Uh, it's It's a classic. Yeah. And it deserves to be called a classic. Do you know what movies? Not like, yeah, not a classic. Not so, cl- not so classic. Fright Night Part Two. Cut to Pumba. <laughs> Opening scene. Fright Night Two. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace of Halloween Three fame. Yep. Uh, bless him for that. Uh, this movie, it's it flips the script like most good sequels should. Uh, I I like that. It opens up, uh, Charlie's in therapy with his, uh, psychiatrist who's played by Ernie Sabella, aka Pumba. <laughs> uh, and he's, you know, he's going through years of therapy and he's like, uh, vampires aren't real. I just imagined the whole thing. I need to live a normal life. I can't, I can't be dealing with this anymore. Uh, he's got a new girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, because his old girlfriend was, you know, on Married with Children. Yeah, now. I was about to say. And, uh, she had a full time job. As the neighbor and could not be in this, obviously. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, we got uh, Roddy McDowell returns. Uh, Julie Carmen plays, uh, oh, God, Jerry's sister, <laughs> which I rolled my eyes at when they when they said that. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, come on, sister. Come on. All right. And it's also got, uh, hey, it's got the werewolf from Monster Squad. Yeah. And he was also in uh, Napoleon Dynamite. So how about that? (laughs) It's a movie. Yeah, this is very much, I think, the most, it's a movie of all the Fright Night movies. It's like, it's enjoyable. I, this was my first time seeing it. Uh, I liked it. It was fun, Mm -hmm. but it suffers from, you know, not being Fright Night. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It should just be called More Fright Night. That would be cool. <laughs> and because it's like, hey, did you like Fright Night, but you didn't want it to end? Here's a watch some more. Here's a little more. And I think one of the problems yeah. is that it never it never develops that instant easy premise and hook that Fright Night has. It's got some good ideas. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's there's a lot of cool like concepts in this movie. Uh, the a lot of bowling. It it just flounders. There's looking a lot for of a bowling yeah. in this movie, and Jerry's got um, the worst mullet I've ever seen. Oh, uh, Charlie. Uh, yeah, Charlie. Charlie's oh, his, mullet is so bad in this. His his hair is uh, it's a choice. Good for him. Uh, yeah. Ooh. But um. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it's. I think one. Of the- I like the bad guys in this. I like the goons. Yeah. So you get you I get like the multiple goons. A, a main lady vampire and her like goon squad, including Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Shao Kahn and I uh, believe he played the judge on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sure. <laughs> uh, he gets killed with bazooka. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's pretty badass actually. Um, he's this he's this all powerful demon and. He's like, ah, you can't defeat me. What does that thing do? And Buffy's just like, it does this. <laughs> it just launches a bazooka at him. Fright Night 2 also has a vampire who's constantly on roller skates. Yes. And of course. I, lo- I, I don't know if I missed the introduction that she was on roller skates or if she was introduced without showing her on roller skates. And I love because I looked up and I'm like, oh, they're doing that cool like vampire dolly thing that they do where it looks like vampires are gliding and then it cuts to her on roller skates and that just delighted me it's like oh no she's literally rolling within the context of the film russell clark yeah the guy no oh is the guy on roller skates yeah okay all right well it's it's been a couple of days since i watched this (laughs) yeah a choreographer very famous choreographer okay my yeah yeah my my notes did not include the gender of the roller skating vampire. So. Of course, did uh did did the choreography for Xanadu? Oh, which totally tracks. What the and why fuck? do you, why else why else do you think they they had him on roller skates? That's here? so good. Why does Russell Clark not have a Wikipedia page that's linked? No idea, but uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Makes makes sense that that there would be roller uh, roller skates in this because you know Xanadu. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of which, uh, that's the body melt in this movie yeah. that might rival the original. That skull just like caving in on oh, itself is so, so disgusting. Good. Uh, you have him, uh, you got, uh, the, the, the goon, the Shao Kahn guy who's like obsessed with bugs. Yeah. And then is revealed to be like a human oogie boogie. <laughs> Just filled with bugs. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty fucking gross. Uh, this movie takes a weird detour where it turns into like a, uh, a riff on Cuckoo's Nest, which is, uh, yeah, it's a, a weird choice, I guess. Um, and like half Pumbaa's in it again. Pumbaa's a vampire. Yeah. Did you know this? <laughs> Look, I'm just reading through my notes here. Yeah. Like, and like ha- Pumbaa's a vampire, exclamation point. <laughs> and then halfway through the movie, they introduce that Regine. Jerry's sister, the vampire. Ugh. They introduced yeah. that she is taking over Peter Vincent's show, and he's fired again, despite the Dislike. fact that he got fired in the first one. And yeah. they introduce her as like part Elvira, part Kate Bush. Which yeah, sh- I kept watching this movie. I was like, "Who's this Kate Bush looking motherfucker?" Which like- should be so <laughs> specifically tailored for Jacob DeNoble to love. Yeah, but. Kate Bush and Elvira, those don't go together. You can't. No, you can't be those two things. You can't be in a coffin while running up the hill. But um, <laughs> and honestly, it it comes so late in the movie. But like that 
would have been a great hook for this Weird. movie. It, that, and yeah. this movie is in desperate need of a hook, of a premise. Should have gotten Kate Bush. And well, I was going to say the Elvira bit to say like, okay, our last movie is about a horror host vampire hunter who has to hunt a vampire. This one is the horror host vampire hunter is being replaced by a sexier, more fun horror host who happens to be a vampire. Like, yeah. That's great. Yeah. That Make that your movie, not Charlie's in college and can't get laid again. And he's like Again. still horny and we and I don't know I I don't like that aspect of Charlie as much when he's in college. It's I did like, learn about I learned about speed reading in this. <laughs> I saw how someone actually speed reads, and I'm like, that's you can't read a book like that. Stop it. <laughs> You're not retaining any of your knowledge. Um, this movie does have an awesome weapon. I, I like that he uses like a spray gun filled with holy water. I am. Des- I think that's a really fucking cool idea, and the fact that you just spray it on that one guy and he starts melting away—it's great. I am desperate to figure out what is the first movie to do that gimmick with. Was it? This? I don't. I Using don't a know. Bug sprayer with a water with holy water in it. Because I mean, because uh, cool as shit. All right, because it happens in Night of the Demons two. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um. All right, that's ninety four. So that's way later. Okay. I only just recently saw the original. Oh, I love the original. It's fun. Yeah, Night of the Demons 2 is much, much worse, but it's there. there is some, some camp pleasures to be had. We'll do a Night of the Demons episode one day. Um, it also happens in, you know, um, From Dusk Till Dawn, which again is mid-90s. Maybe this is another the original. One I've never, another one I've never seen. What? <laughs> Matt, yeah, what? I know, right? I know, right? Matt, what? I know, right? Matt! Crazy. Crazy that I've never seen that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, Oh, my God. I'm so excited for you. I You should be, because I'm very excited. Apparently, they're putting... They just did a 4K restoration. Oh! So grabbing that, that when it comes God, out. God, the Blu-ray is horrible, so yeah. That's... Yeah, the, the Blu-ray is apparently in the wrong aspect ratio, which is uh, astounding that they would let that... Oh, release. God. And but, uh, the DVD is non-anamorphic, too, so it's... Ugh. there's. Like you have to stream it if you want to see it at all, but uh, oh my god, it's good. so good! It's the most thirteen-year-old Jacob most. movie. Like, it's just the yeah, most. It's um, all right, we're it's on brand. We're talking about vampires and sexy vampires and nineties vampires. So um, but yeah, so Fright Night two, and this is sadly kind of the end of the Fright Night franchise. For reasons. Yes. So this movie... This this should have been a series. This movie barely got released. Um, mm-hmm. At its widest... In like at its widest... theaters. <laughs> it was in 161 theaters. Oof. And the original was in 1,500 at its widest. So we're talking less than 10... A tenth of the, yeah. the movies of the original. And um, yeah. the reason that it barely got released was that it was made under Live Entertainment, which was an affiliate mm-hmm. of Carol Co., which you'll recognize from Rambo 2, Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Um, Carol Co. had a partnership where TriStar would distribute all their films. And I say all this... I miss that horse. Um, I miss that Pegasus. So Live Entertainment, the the, you know, the, the bottom rung of this kind of escalation that leads to mm. how this movie would be distributed, was run by Jose Menendez, who is mm. most famously... The murder victim of the Menendez brothers, the yes. 1989 true crime murder that swept the nation for a while. Uh, I remember that. 
Yeah, I, I... I was five, and I remember hearing about that. I mean, I was one, but I watched enough early 90s SNL growing up that I had a pretty good sense of this. Okay. Um, See, I I basically... I heard about it because, haha, on the way to summer camp, uh, my mom would listen to Howard Stern. <laughs> Uh, that, like, when we were driving around in the morning, like, going to, you know, kindergarten and stuff, she would have Stern mm-hmm. on. So much so that when we got in the car, I would ask her to put on the news. And, uh, <laughs> I thought that was the news. <laughs> God, this explains a lot. Yep. Explains a whole lot, doesn't it, Jacob? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Little five-year-old Howard Stern fan. Uh, yeah. Oof. Good times. <laughs> um... But yeah, so after um, Jose Menendez's death, live entertainment pretty much stopped producing theatrical films. And I think because there were so many companies between the company that made it and the company that was supposed to release it, I don't think TriStar really cared enough and probably didn't have enough of a financial, like, interest in or stake yeah. in the film to care if it got a wide release or not so they dumped it in a few theaters and just kind of watched it die in the vine um which is a shame because this is which is a real shame it's you know i like i said it's not as classic as the first but there's a lot of 80s fun to be had here and yeah honestly peter vincent could have kept coming back and doing stuff and i would have been fine with oh it. without a doubt he could he could have fought a bunch of werewolves and i would have been cool with that that you don't have to stay drag vampires if you don't want to. No, do, do something else. Um, but yeah, and so after Fright Night Part 2, the franchise takes a long, well-earned nap. It takes, it takes a dirt nap. Yep. Six feet under <laughs> in its coffin. And you know what that takes us to? You know, Jacob, it takes a real man to wear puce. <laughs> Are we talking about Fright Night 2011? We are. Uh, we are talking about one of my favorite movies, regardless of genre. Wow. Um, I love this movie so much. It is, uh, I love the setting. I, I love that you see a part of it's take, they, they t- take everything that works in the original and they, they kind of like, they flip it mm-hmm. and modernize it and enhance it. Uh, the idea, the, the setting of Las Vegas. Uh, where, you know, it's a night night owl's town. Mm-hmm. Perfect for vampires. Yeah, especially being Perfect. in the suburbs of Las Vegas, where you just have all yes, these McMansions that are largely, like, yes, empty and, and abandoned. You, you see a part of Vegas that you rarely get to see on mm-hmm. film, and that is a really cool idea. Uh, I really like this screenplay. I think it updates from the original very smartly. Uh, it was written by Marty Noxon, who did uh, numerous episodes of Buffy, a lot of the best episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So it's not like she doesn't know her vampire shit. Yeah. Uh, she is, uh, she's a good writer. I really, I enjoy her. Uh, good direction. I, I like uh, Craig Gillespie. I think he's a really good director. Uh, I've liked everything I've seen from him. Uh most notably, uh, this and uh, I Tonya. I Tonya is very good. Another big fan. Uh, the, I, big fan. Another early '90s tabloid fodder story. Yup, he is a uh, he's a fine journeyman director, and you know what? Uh, he keeps he keeps getting these big hits, and good for him. I 
Good lord, I love this movie. I love the cast. This is uh, perfectly cast. I miss Anton Yelchin so much, Jacob. He was really gifted. Such a fucking tragedy yeah. that he died so young. Uh, I know you could easily say this about a lot of people, but one of the best actors of his generation? Yeah. Like, he knew his way around a character that could make him endearing within seconds. He he had uh, so much charm and likability yeah. and lovability. Charm for days. And he improved bad scripts. Yes, he did. And when he was given a good script, he's, he's magic. He fucking knocked it out of the park. He was an amazing uh, young Michael Bean. And... That's a yes, hard he was. to do. He is he's literally the only thing I remember out of that movie. Yeah, he's the only good part of that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um Colin Farrell, uh mm. yeah, you get him to play your hot as hell vampire. Colin Farrell is such <laughs> he's so perfect. It is such a genius update of Chris Sarandon's performance. He's, he's so attractive he in is this. Threatening he's, he's and hot. So dangerous in yeah. this uh dude has a has multiple murder closets <laughs> in his house uh uh real quick i just want to talk about the design of jerry's house in this uh i love that he has like a section of his house that just has closets mm-hmm. that he keeps people in and just feeds on every once in a while love it i love it uh i love david Tennant in this movie as Peter Vincent, and of course, you know, since it takes place in Vegas, uh, in modern times, they don't really have like you know late night spook shows. Uh, he's a magician on the on the uh, Vegas Strip. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. Uh, I love him here. He's got great chemistry with his uh, his partner. <laughs> <laughs> very very funny. She's constantly flipping him off and like, telling him to go screw. Uh, love him in this as Peter Vincent. Uh, I love Tony Collette. As the mom. She is so good. She has great movie mom energy. I re- I really like her. I like that she's a realtor. Uh just just constantly trying to sell these like dingy houses. She's like, you know, uh, take your garbage out of your front lawn. I'm trying to, you know, raise the property value. Uh one of my favorite actress names is in this movie. Imogen Poots. Good old Imogen Poots. Uh good old Imogen Poots. Uh but yeah, uh, I'll talk more about this movie later. But Jacob, this was your first time seeing this. Was, this, right? This was. Uh, before we, we okay. transition, I do want to just mention um, okay. when my um, friends and I went to see Popstar for the first time, during the end Stop, credits, my best friend's wife started dying at the credit for Imogen Poots because she thought it was a joke <laughs> name for the credits. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, she, she is an actual actress. That is her real... That's a real name. She's great. I love her. Um, she, She's terrific. This is, this is her second appearance on the show after the Black Christmas remake, which she is also fantastic in. Okay, she's also... Um, what else? Uh, she. This was her... This was the first time she worked with Anton Yelchin. Mm-hmm. And they would team up a few years later for another one of my favorite movies, Green Room. Yeah. So uh, she's really good in this. I think oof. she she brings a an interesting, fun update to Amy. She's terrific. Um, I like I like the conversation she has with Anton Yelkin about like why she's dating him and why she likes him. And it, I really yeah. do buy this nerd popular girl relationship in a way that a lot of movies sometimes try and feel a little forced fumble. or it doesn't feel a lot of movies fumble. Yeah. Uh, this one really yeah. handles it nicely. I think having a female screenwriter probably helps that immensely. 
Oh yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um yeah, no, this movie is a lot of fun and it's re it's essentially And it's shocking too. It's got shocking moments. I would consider this the ideal version of an 80s remake. In yes, that agreed. it takes the basic bones, it takes the central hooks, and it updates them and it changes them and it puts them together in new ways. It doesn't it almost never recreates moments no, or recreate, scenes or not really, imagery no. from the, the only the only real thing it recreates is uh the nightclub. Yeah. And the That's it. And really. the wide and mouth that's, it's, and it's a the wide mouth vampire really good look nightclub is, scene. Um, the other thing that it does. And honestly, I don't love the wide mouth vampire look in this as much. I don't know. They're the bones like fine. pops their skulls so that their heads get Oof. wider and that's like I don't know. It just It's gross. It, it's gross. Yeah, it's it's not as cool looking. But uh, um This has some great action. This has some fantastic action. I love the scene where they are all locked in the house and mm-hmm. Antioch convinces them not to let him in and yeah. he gets pissed. So he just starts fucking chucking dirt Digging. in the backyard and uh, Tony Collette digs just like, up the fucking gas. Yeah, main. <laughs> rips it open and then blows up their house. And is like, don't need an invitation <laughs> if you don't have a house. It's such a good moment. Yup. Uh, and that actually leads into one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Oh, the, car uh, the car chase. The car chase where it's that one continuous shot with the camera in the middle of the, of the screen. Yep. You got, it's constantly rotating. Shit is happening left and right. Uh, there's a, there's a motorcycle thrown I into the I love when he throws into the motorcycle oh at the God. car. That was such a great uh, moment. It also leads us to, uh, honestly, a smart and fun way to do a cameo. Mm-hmm. I, I like, uh, Chris Sarandon's cameo yeah. here as the, uh, the driver that they hit and he's like, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, what is this? What'd you do? The um the 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 way that the car chase is shot does bring up that. So this was a native 3D film. This was kind of yes, that, that yes. 2011 mid. Yeah, we weren't getting last second um, post conversions anymore the way we exactly. were in 2009. But mm-hmm. 3D also hadn't died out yet, so people were actually interested in shooting things in 3D and. It creates an interesting visual style for this movie because you can tell that Craig Gillespie was very interested in using the third dimension as an integral part of how this movie is. Yes. So you end up with a lot of scenes where so much of the interesting action is happening through depth. You end up with a lot of scenes where there's a scene. And it's not gimmicky. Yeah. It's a movie that totally works in 2D as well. It's not, it's not like you're watching. You know, Friday the 13th Part 3, yeah. where they're clearly just throwing shit at the screen. There are a few moments that did make me laugh when they happened, because I do also kind of like those moments where it's like, Evil Ed throws a trash can through a window and it comes right at you. Or... Oh, yeah, let's talk about uh, McLovin. Yeah, he... Um, I I like him in this movie. I think he's pretty good. I like him too. And you I do kind of feel bad for him. <laughs> I, I do not in any way critique his performance... It is just hard that he got typecast so instantly. Oh, as right away. And it's hard that it's it's the exact same no, performance. Notice how we're calling him McLovin. Yeah, I mean it's the exact I don't same even performance know his name. as he gives in Kick Ass, as he gives in Role Models, as he gives Christopher Mintz Platz, yeah. that's his name. Okay. He does have a name. Yeah. Okay, good for him. But he is very good, but it is very much like 
you know that when yeah. they were casting, they thought, okay, well, who's the nerd right now? Oh, let's get McLovin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a random Dave Franco appears. Yeah, a random Dave Franco does appear. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember the last time I, I watched this, uh, I was like, oh, oh, he's in this. Somehow I had forgotten. As many times as I've, as I've seen this movie, I had forgotten that, you know, Dave Franco pops up. Uh, Good yeah. Um, but this movie, it's it's so fun. And there is so much Good. energy to the vampire scenes. Like, the- I love I love Peter Vincent helping out here. I, I love that stuff. I love uh, chafing with the leather pants. <laughs> I really I like that. I like that he drinks Midori like it's a, that's a thing people drink. That's disgusting. That that green booze is like the most vile alcohol. Oh, I really like David Ugh. Tennant's performance in this. I do feel like Peter Vincent is de-emphasized in a way that throws off his importance as it comes on later in the movie. Be- okay, the, the the lore connections. Well, just because he doesn't really show up in the movie until there's about forty minutes left. Yeah. And yeah. once he shows up, you know, Roddy McDowell has that arc that is so central to Fright Night, like, working. And yeah. I don't ever really get that from David Tennant's character. Like, he is a fun, interesting, charismatic presence in the movie. But in the climax of this, I don't feel equal weight between him and Charlie as co-leads. I feel like this is still Charlie's movie, and then he is there as, like, a yeah. fun add-on. But I do like the fact that Jerry has, you know, met Peter Vincent before. Yeah, that is a great... That is a great touch where apparently Jerry the vampire killed David Tennant's family. Mm-hmm. That is some uh, twisted background Yeah, that I, I really appreciate in this movie. And having that be the origin of Peter Vincent's interest in vampire lore and yes, collection yes. of vampire hunting stuff. That's great. That is a and great I, update. And I love the lore here that, like, you know, he's one of the old vampires, like, oof, I love it. I love this movie, Jacob. And I love it. One of the things I think is really interesting about it is, you know, if Fright Night is in a conversation with the Hammer Dracula, Mm. the distance between those two movies is identical to the distance between Fright Night and the remake of Fright Night. And so now this movie is doing a similar conversation with, 80s horror and is trying to update it for its own audience and is trying to play with okay well what is the current vampire craze it's twilight in 2011 and so how can we comment and play with that while at the same time referring back to the 80s while at the same time referring back to the 50s well what you get what you do is you you hire the sexiest man in hollywood (laughs) to to play your uh your vampire you see fucking dumbo man uh, he's hot he is crazy. I, I said all of Dumbo just being like, God damn, Colin God Farrell's damn, hot. that one-armed like, bastard. God damn, Eva Green's hot. And then just like, God damn, Dumbo's cute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I Okay, sidetrack. I really like that yeah, movie. Yeah, no, Dumbo rules, and I will not hear a bad word. I mean, the script is bad, but Dumbo rules, and I... I prefer it to the original yeah me too because because the original is an hour long and it feels three hours long there's a guy named rongo the strongo and he fucking (laughs) bends iron bars to get them out of a prison cell it's good shit oh man michael keaton Uh, plays evil walt disney (laughs) 
in a yeah. Disney film. He, yeah. Uh, he, he, Jesus, he takes on the Max Shrek role from Batman Returns. It's, it's fantastic. But, it's good shit. The one last thing about Dumbo before we get back to Friday yes. Night. There is a scene in fucking Dumbo where Colin Farrell and his daughter bond by looking at robots and imagining a future where gender no longer exists. It's fantastic, isn't it? He ends up with a robot arm at the end of Dumbo. Hell yeah. Dumbo rules, man. Oh, God, I love Dumbo. And I'm so happy I finally watched it last year. I saw it in theaters with extremely low expectations and was just... Because, you know, you're watching it, you're like, oh, it's Dumbo. I I had a raucously good time alone at Dumbo. But I also had a raucously good time watching the Fright Night remake. I mean... Me too. The end of this movie, the battle is great. The um, oh my god, David yeah. Tennant getting caught in the middle of a room surrounded by vampires. Charlie has to shoot holes mm-hmm. into the sunlight to get them to like spread out. That's awesome. Charlie sets himself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, uh, yeah. This movie <laughs> fucking owns Jacob. <laughs> uh, I. It's good. I might watch it when we're done recording. Like. I love it. I do. I love it so I much. I kind of miss the bat transformation and the wolf transformation. I, I, I could have yeah, used okay. a little something, something. But um, on the whole, yeah, but this I mean, is just such a great I, I, That final act is just so fast-paced. Yeah. It, it really just hits you. It hits you and hits you and hits you. Once Oof, this movie it. starts rolling, it does not stop. And that's fa- that's the best thing about it is its structure. Yeah. The second... Colin Farrell shows up at that house and Charlie won't let him in. From that on, this movie is just nonstop running. And I love that. But yeah, um, that leads us to one fight. Oh, real oh, yeah. quick, real quick, real quick shout out to um, Brian Husky and Lisa Loeb in <laughs> this. They are terrific. Uh, Lisa Loeb pops up in anything. I smile. She's uh, always a delight. Uh, Brian Husky makes me laugh consistently whenever I see him, and uh, good for them. Uh, bless Lisa Loeb for all time. I like her glasses, Jacob. You know, this might not be the only Lisa Loeb appearance on this show if we ever do a House on Haunted Hill. Oh my god, I want to so bad. Um, But yeah, so... That leads us to one final Fright Night. Um, this is one that you didn't watch, but I did. And um, yes, it's okay. called Fright Night 2, The New Blood. And Matt? Interesting. It is a direct-to-video, quote-unquote, sequel, but it is 100% just a remake of the original Fright Night and is not a sequel to this movie at all. Interesting. Um, it, It's about Charlie. Weird. It's, all right. I'm going to run down the, the premise for you because... Okay. So this movie has literally no reason to exist. It does nothing to stand out to make you think, oh, I see why they made well, it, this. It does have a reason. What? They had they had some, they had some blank DVDs and Blu-rays <laughs> that needed to have something put on it. So they were like, Target needs a bargain I guess, movie this I, week. I don't know who the audience for these is other than... Because I've seen it. I've seen this at Target when it came out. Like They had it on DVD. But who is the audience for this other than us who do podcasts where we watch these direct-to-video sequels? I did not watch it when it came out because uh, no one returned yeah, for it. Because they're not doing a sequel. No, they're just remaking the original yeah, again. So the, the premise of this one is that Charlie and Amy and Evil Ed 
are on a class trip to Romania. Sure. That classic high school class trip we all know and love. Well, yeah, who doesn't go to Romania for their class they, trip? They might be in college. It's unclear. It's probably not unclear. It's probably very clear. I'm sure somebody... I would say I'm sure somebody is yelling at this podcast, but let's be honest. I think six people have watched <laughs> Fright Night 2, the the new blood, and I'm one of them. Oof. But, um... Yeah, you are. So the, the hook is that Jerry Dandridge... This time is Jerry with a G-E because Jerry Dandridge is a lady. Oh, so much like the original Fright Night Part 2. Okay. But she's still Jerry. And she is their sexy Weird. Romanian history teacher. <laughs> sure. Who only teaches night classes. I, it, it has to be college, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, yeah she, this is She's college. their night professor. <laughs> Unless they go to night school. Yeah. I don't know. Um... And Charlie, like in Fright Night, sees her eating somebody. And is like, oh shit, she's a vampire. And him and Evil Ed, you know, do some stuff. Evil Ed gets turned into a vampire. Um, they enlist Peter Vincent, who in this is a reality TV star of a Ghost Hunters style show about vampires. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think that's the best idea in this movie. Because while I really enjoy the David Tennant character of Peter Vincent, and I love the the role that it plays in that movie, that does not truly feel like an update of the Roddy McDowell Peter Vincent. No, it's a completely different take. It's a completely different take, and it's, you know, it's a character that's not in conversation with the original. This one is, they literally took the time to think, okay, what is the modern update version of a late night horror host? And coming up with reality TV show host who hosts a horror-style reality TV show? That's great. That's a very smart update, I think. And um, the hook is that this guy, he's a fake, and he doesn't care or think about vampires at all. And one of the interesting things is that after Evil Ed turns into a vampire, when he's attacking Peter Vincent, that's one of... That's like his biggest angry complaint with Peter Vincent because he was a big fan of Vincent's and to find out that he didn't actually believe any of the stuff he had been selling like hurts him and that's like a cool moment Um, this is the most annoying evil Ed though he very much is playing that DTV annoying best friend that you're supposed to find charming that you get a lot so when I was watching you in like the first 10 minutes I just texted you like woof because we had a lot of (laughs) big oof yeah we had a lot of evil Ed at that point but once it gets rolling, it's actually pretty good. Like, if this was just a remake of Fright Night and the actual remake of Fright Night didn't exist, this would be like would be a perfect middle of the road direct to video remake of Fright Night that you could be like, "Hey, they updated Fright Night and they did, they did fine. They did pretty good." Hey, look at it! Look at it! Uh, look at what they did. Uh, one of the hooks is that Jerry Dandridge is also. Elizabeth Bathory. Okay. So there's there's a horrible scene where one of the Romanians is like, "Did you know that Dracula was based on a woman?" And somebody's like, "Uh, what about Vlad the Imperiler?" And he's like, "No, not him. Elizabeth Bathory. She's the real Dracula. <laughs> She's the one who bathed in yeah. the blood, right?" And so she, like in Hostel Two, so she does that in this. Um, 
and uh, it's pretty cool. There's a there's a good scene where she. Um, and what's great is though Jerry is gender swapped, the relationships are not. So she is still like oh. into Amy, and like there's still like erotic tension there, and that's cool. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, uh, this movie. It's fun. There's some cool action in it. Um, Peter Vincent, the actor who plays it, sucks ass, even though he has a good concept. Uh, he is <laughs> really trying to hide his Irish accent, and that just doesn't work. Oh, boy. Um, there's a hook that if you kill a vampire at night, it brings their victims back to life. Which would, okay. like, as people, which helps explain why Charlie wouldn't just kill them while they're asleep during the day. So I was yeah. like, all right, you know, you guys are actually like just trying to think. So that, that's at least kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, that's that's Fright Night 2. Um, Fright Night Part 2. Don't ever watch it if you can watch the original or the original remake. But yeah, just like Fright Night Part 2 is more Fright Night. This is just literally this should be called Fright Night again. It's like <laughs> it's Fright Night again. <laughs> Another Fright Night. Um this time it's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently Tom Holland is supposedly working on a Fright Night 3. Okay. Um, he claims uh, as of October of 2020, he says that the rights are supposed to revert to him in the next year. Nice. And he has okay. a script that brings back Charlie and Ed. Ooh. Um, okay. And... I don't really know what that would be or if it would be good. Um, but Charlie hosts a horror show now. Yeah, I guess. A YouTube show. <laughs> uh, but that's exciting. Or no, Charlie has a Netflix series. <laughs> How about that? I watch that. Yeah, why not? Um, and then one last... That might be fun. One last thing um, before before we wrap this up. There are Don't also... about the video game? Uh, and the comic book series. Um, I never read the comic book series and haven't played the video game, so unless you can talk about those, I've got nothing. Uh, I just know that the Fright Night video game looks fun. Uh, It's from the 80s. I think you play as Jerry, which is cool. Yeah, you do. That's nice. Um, So Fright Night has also spawned two Indian remakes. There's Kalpana House and Wohi Bihanyak Rat. And um, forgive Mm -hmm. me if I have butchered either of those pronunciations. Um, so I watched the uh, the latter of the two um, today. There are no English subtitles available for either of these, but I was like, eh, fuck it. I just watched three Freight Nights that were almost identical. I'm sure I can kind of pick up the pieces. And it... Yeah. <laughs> it largely plays with similar vibes. Um, Charlie is an adult man in this, um, but they really play into the vampire reincarnated love with Amy's character. Um, But it's also very much an Indian film, so there are musical numbers and a martial arts sequence and hell yes slapstick pieces and it's two and a half hours and uh, it's a lot of fun. The um, sign me up. The vampire effects are pretty cool. Um, They have a like pulsating third eye on their forehead that's creepy. And then there are just like cartoon lightning bolts and things shooting out of people's eyes. Yeah, it was cool. It was on YouTube. Um, so if you don't mind not knowing what anybody's saying or, you know, 
Or if you can point us in the direction of a uh, version that has subtitles, that'd be yeah. awesome. Uh, so give it a watch if you if you, if that sounds fun or interesting to you, or just throw it on in the background at a party. That's 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 kind of my view of things like that. Parties. Oh yeah, we when you can have parties again. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, don't gather that now. That's, that's silly. Not allowed. But um, tiny gather tiny gatherings of two or three people. That's it. But uh, yeah, that's fright night, baby. Yeah. That's a fun, fun series. A fun seri- you know what's awesome about Fright Night, the series? The logo. That's fun. The logo <laughs> is so fucking cool. Yeah, the logo With the is pretty dope. on the F and the T, Fright Night. Oh, man. It's a great, it's a great logo. And you know it's a great it's logo because they kept it for literally all of the sequels and remakes. They just kept they're, them. They're, they're, like, up, they're like, you know what? This thing yeah, works. Like, we can't improve on this. This is great. No, this looks great. Let's keep it. All right, uh, that takes us to the end of another episode. Yeah, Jacob. yeah. Uh, thank this is this was fun. I I am glad to finally was exercise fun. my childhood demons. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm excited uh, for next month. We don't know what we're going to be discussing, but we'll see. Who knows? Uh, we have some stuff. We in do the have works. some stuff in the works. Um, there there is a certain large friend who is returning to theaters and our home screens next month. Can't. We're, it, uh, okay, let's just say it. Uh, we're going to be talking Godzilla, Jacob. Yeah! Right? We're talking Godzilla, and since there's a ton of movies, it's not just going to be one episode. No, we, we, it's got to be uh, Godzilla-sized, you know? We are going to do an episode on each era of uh, the Godzilla franchise. So, you know, we'll be doing the Showa era, the Heisei, uh, Millennium, and whatever the newest one is. Yeah. Uh, Who's Whoever the emperor was during then. Is what we'll be doing, uh, and we'll have a different guest for each each episode. So that'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait. So we got our next few months are going to be uh, talking about the big boys. He is my large <laughs> lad and my good friend, and I love him. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, uh, where can the fine people find you on the internet? Uh, the fine Jacob? people can find me on the internet at Jacob underscore DeNoble, and uh, I'm on Letterbox there as well. Uh, as for me, you can find me everywhere at the Real Matt C. Until next time, stay spooky and keep on listening. And welcome to Fright Night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.